Today, we are entering the most important week for us as Christians. is what we call the Passion Week or Holy Week. You see, this is the week where 2,000 years ago, Jesus went into Jerusalem riding on the back of a donkey. Actually, today, we celebrate what we call Palm Sunday. And it's on that day that Jesus rode in and the people started crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna right? To the son of David. Blessed be the Lord. Is that what they, that's what they were saying. That's what we're celebrating today. And now it's so amazing that this week has been celebrated since the first century of the church. And even though today we might be celebrating it in a different way and we're doing it through media, let me tell you something. No virus is going to stop our worship to our God because he is worthy. So whether right now you're in your living room, you're in your bedroom, you're in the dining room, you're with your family, or you're by yourself, today we're going to give our best to God and we're going to worship him. And today I want to share a message that he's been speaking to my heart during these days. And I've titled it Persevere Like Jesus. Persevere Like Jesus. That's the title of today's message because if there's been any moment that we need to follow Jesus' example, it is now. I mean, as a church, we are called to follow Jesus' example. But let me tell you something. Like I said at, at the beginning of this broadcast, it's been about a month now since we've been able to gather here together as, as a church. And in the U.S., it's been right about a month or so that this virus came to our shores. And it's been infecting people and causing so much disruption into our lives. Our, our entire lives have been interrupted. And, and I want to tell you that I really believe that our lives are never going to be the same after we're done with this virus you know none of us have a set date on when this is coming to an end but I really believe that our lives will not be the same again you see our lives changed in in 9-11 when you go to the airports it doesn't matter if you're in an airport in the United States or if you're in an airport in Europe or in India as I was just a few weeks ago every airport changed after 9-11 I think all our lives will change after we're done with this coronavirus. And not only our lives, but church as well will change after we're done with this virus. I, I, I truly believe that God has blessed us in this nation, that we could use transmission like the one that we're doing now, that we could go live through technology and just come into your homes and we could have church, you know, we could worship and I could bring a word to you of encouragement. Just uh, this past week, in Fox News, they were interviewing Pastor Joel Osteen. And uh, it was so amazing because the, the guy that was interviewing him uh, asked him, Pastor, how did it feel to stand on Sunday in your pulpit and preach to thousands of empty chairs? Because there was nobody in your building, just you and, and the camera crew that was there. And, and Joel told him something that was so powerful. He told him, well, even though I was preaching to empty chairs, on our online views, we had over 4.4 million people that connected with our message that day. So he goes, so if that's the price of preaching to empty chairs, I'll go ahead and do that every Sunday if we get to reach all those people that we've been reaching. So that was an amazing answer. And that's a, an amazing opportunity that God is giving us right now as a church 
to be able to come to people that maybe will never walk into this building, but right there in their homes, they're allowing us to come to them. That's a blessing. But yet again, this week I was also reading that in China, some pastors were trying to use right technology to, to reach some of their congregants that they haven't been able to, to meet with them yet because everything was shut down over there as well. Now, since that's a communist country, what happened was that they cut off okay, their transmissions and they were not allowed to be able to reach and to transmit and to broadcast the message that they were sharing. You see, and when I read those news, all of a sudden I thought, how about if that would be us some years from now? How about if we didn't live in a land of freedom and democracy and all of a sudden, you know, we couldn't have free worship like we do in this country. And as a church, an epidemic like this would come and, and there would be no way for us to have contact one with another. What would we do then? Well, I really believe that in the, midst, in the middle of this change is a time where you and I got to go deeper with God. I really believe it's a, it's a time where we need to learn to self-feed. I really believe it's a time where we need to learn how do we edify our spiritual lives. How do we, for example, learn to read the Bible on our own, learn to worship on our own, learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I really believe it's a time where we need to learn to discern what He's trying to tell us. I really believe these are the times that we are living right now. And that's why I titled the message message, persevere like Jesus, because Jesus is our, our example of perseverance. You see, I want you to go with me today to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, and I'm going to read from the NIV, and it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you and I will not grow, grow weary and lose heart. You see, this scripture right here is so powerful and so important for the times that you and I are living because it says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And I want to tell you something. There's a specific race that has been marked out for you. There's a specific race that has been marked out for me. You see, not too long ago, I went to a gym and they had just renewed all their machines and they had put some machines with a lot of technology on them. And when you would get on the machine, you know, there's this one that I like to get on that you move your arms and you're going with your legs and everything. And there was a screen and you could select, okay, a different type of exercise and a different type of visual or track that you would be running on when you would be on the machine. 
You know, so I'm a guy that I love the mountains and I love to hike. And there was a scene that was in the mountains and you would go over rivers and streams on, you know, on, on these little bridges and everything. And you would just be running and running and you would choose, okay, how you wanted your race to look like. You see, I want to tell you that God has chosen a race for you and me. Now, the important thing about this whole thing was that as I was in that machine, as I was getting near to the end, I think there was about six minutes left to, to come to the end before the cool down period. I know that you guys know what I'm talking about. There was a moment when I was there that it just got a lot more difficult, the resistance and the endurance of the machine. And all of a sudden, it was like if I was going up on the hike, I was going up on the peak. I want to tell you something. As the days get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord, you know what? Things are going to get more difficult. It's spoken of in the Bible. It says it very clearly. Things are going to become harder. Things will become more difficult. You and I are going to have to endure. You and I are going to have to learn to, to persevere in the midst of these difficulties. Jesus told us, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't promise us a world without trouble. What we need to learn in the midst of all those things is to do what? Is to persevere. And I want to let you know something. When the race was being set out for you and me, God knew that our race was going to be even in the midst of this season when this virus was going to be touching this world. When God knew that you and I were going to be alive in the year 2020, God knew we were going to go through this situation. You and I were going to go through this virus. And what do I want to tell you today to endure, to persevere, to continue running, to run with perseverance, the race that you have before you right now. Don't give up. Don't give up. You see, there's no perseverance without having to endure. Every perseverance, okay, will bring difficulties and situations we'll have to go through. You see, according to this verse, Jesus endured the cross and endured opposition from sinners. Two different types of endurances. He had to endure the cross and endure opposition from sinners. The problem of having to persevere. The problem with having to endure, number one, listen to this, is that you might grow weary. When you and I have to persevere, there comes a time where you and I might grow weary. Why do we grow weary? A lot of times we grow weary from constant battling that could get you tired. You see, you might be watching me right now and you're like, Pastor, you don't understand how hard it's been for me. Man, it's been difficult. Maybe you came from another country and you tell me, Pastor, ever since I got to this country, I've had to battle. I've had to do this. I've had to do that. And finally, I was getting, you know, I was standing on some sort of solid ground. I was catching, you know, uh, my track. And all of a sudden, now this situation hits. Or maybe you're watching and you're saying, Pastor, I lost my business back in 2008, 2009 when the economy fell flat and all of a sudden things had started to pick up again and now I was excited and I was going to go for this and go for that and now all of a sudden this happens. And when things like that occur, what happens to us is that we start to grow weary. We start to grow tired. 
And the second thing that could happen when we're persevering, not only can you grow weary, but you could also lose heart. You could lose heart. You see, when you lose heart, it's because you don't see an end result nearby. You don't see a result of what's going on. You just feel that you're battling constantly, battling constantly, battling, and no results. Now, you might not see it with your physical eye, but I want to tell you something, that every time that you decide to persevere in this race called the life that God has set for you and me, even though we don't see it outside, God is doing something powerful in here. God is doing something powerful inside your life. Don't you allow the enemy lying to you and saying nothing is happening. There's no growth. I'm falling behind. Don't let the enemy come to you. You continue fighting. You continue persevering. You continue moving forward. Question that I have for you today is, what is it that you are enduring right now in the midst of the COVID-19 virus, in the middle of this coronavirus? What is it that you're enduring? Maybe you're watching me today and you're enduring the sickness. Maybe you got the virus. We had a person this week in the midst of our, of our daily prayer at noon that wrote us and said, Pastor, please pray for me. I, I have the virus. I've been tested positive. Maybe you're persevering through the loss of, of, of a job. They, they laid you off and you have no idea where, where money's going to come into your house, how you're going to pay the bills, how, how you're going to bring food to your table. Maybe that's what you're enduring right now. Maybe, maybe you're enduring, for example, insecurity. Insecurity that this situation brings you, anxiety. You know, a lot of us are at home and we don't even know what to do. We feel that we're closed in. It doesn't, doesn't matter, okay? You know, all of a sudden you feel that the walls are just closing in. Have you seen those movies when the walls have spikes and all of a sudden they're just closing in, closing in? Every day that you're stuck at home, you feel that the walls are getting tighter and tighter and tighter and you're, and, and you're in anxiety and you feel insecurity. You know, maybe you're watching me and, and you've let your heart be filled with fear. Maybe what you're enduring right now is that you have all the kids at home. All right, and you're trying to work from home and you have the kids at home and, and you're a wife and you have your husband at home and you're not used to having that guy there 24-7. Or maybe you're a husband and you're with your wife 24-7 and you don't know what to do with her, you know? And, 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 and this brings anxiety and, and all these types of feeling, you know? Maybe you're enduring that your food is finishing and you had stacked up on everything and I'll be good, I'll be good. And all of a sudden, as days gone by, you've been eating a little more and more and more and food is running out. Maybe you're enduring that your toilet paper finished and you were one of those people that bought a bunch of toilet paper. I don't know. I don't know what you're enduring today. But every time that we speak about perseverance, we got to speak about trials we got to speak about suffering. we got to speak about opposition. we got to speak about things not being easy. What do we do when situations are like that? We persevere. That's why perseverance is one of our ten core values here at NUMA. I really believe that if we're going to accomplish anything in this life, we need to persevere. I believe it's part of the character of our Lord Jesus Christ because a lot of times it's easier to give up than fight. 
A lot of times it's easier to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore, but I want to tell you something today, you that are watching me, let's persevere together. Let's do this together. You see, for example, that, that's why we, we, we've moved to having everyday prayer at 12 o'clock in Spanish and at 12.30 prayer in English, you know, Monday through Friday, because we want to help you persevere. And we want to persevere together in this time. We want to have a word of hope, of encouragement, a, a moment of praying for one another. You see, this is the moment where we persevere together. One of the things that I've loved that our church has been doing is that our, our small groups have all moved to, to, to virtual meetings, whether it's in Zooms or go to meetings or hangouts. Even our, our older folks are learning how to use technology. And all of a sudden, all our groups are, are meeting and, and different people are joining. I, we've had people writing us and saying, you know what, I, I lead a group and my family's here with me in the house when I'm having the meeting. So can they be with me while I have my small group meeting I'm like of course more people are being reached we're persevering together you see our school Numa Christian Academy has been so beautiful to see my kids you know going you know from having their classes here to doing homeschooling completely now the beautiful thing about our school is that it's all a computer-based program so we've been preparing our school like that for a long time. So my kids just caught it right away. The next day, they were already connected and doing all their work. And it's been fantastic. We're learning to persevere together in the midst of crisis. And that's what makes us so beautiful and so powerful as a people of God. Now, I want you to come with me to James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, and we'll go back to Hebrews 12. So you want to leave that there handy, because we'll close with Hebrews 12 today. But James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, we'll, we'll see a couple of things about perseverance here. James says the following, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is the NIV. Let perseverance finish its work so that you will be mature and complete and not lacking anything. What a crazy word. He, he, he starts by saying there's three points that I want to mention just in this part here. It says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I want to tell you that it's not in our human nature to say, oh, oh, goody, we have a trial coming. Oh, good, we're going to be able to persevere. Oh, thank you, Jesus, because I'm going to suffer a little bit right now. None of us say that. That's not in our human nature. But here, the Apostle James is saying we should consider it pure joy. What does this speak about? About the attitude of perseverance. What's the attitude of perseverance? Write this down. Joy. The attitude of perseverance is joy. I'm not going to let any situation I live here in this earth steal away my joy. I'm going to be joyful. I choose to be joyful. 
I choose not to get irritated. I choose not to get angry. I choose not to get frustrated. I'm going to choose joy. That's going to be the attitude that I'm going to have in the midst of my trial, in the midst of my difficulty. You see, there's a scripture in Acts chapter 5, and you don't need to go there, but I'm just going to give you uh, the Bible verse, Acts 5, 41, where it says that the apostles were preaching and they were taken in because they were not supposed to be preaching. And they, 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 they started to ask them, why are you guys preaching in the name of Jesus and this and that? And they say, hey, listen, we're going to keep on doing this because this is what he ordered us to do. And, and you know what they had, what happened to them? All the, the leading priests and all that, they had them flogged. They had them beat because they were preaching in the name of Jesus. And, and these guys didn't want them to preach in the name of Jesus. And that verse that I just gave you, Acts 541, it says that the apostles left rejoicing because they had suffered for the name of Jesus. They got beat and they got happy about it. They got joyful about it because they got to suffer for the name of Jesus. That's an example of considering it pure joy when we face trials and tribulations. There's an attitude to perseverance. What's that attitude? An attitude of joy. And I declare that over you, Numa Church, on this Sunday. The attitude of joy is going to be my attitude in the midst of this situation. Number two, it says here, because you know that the testing of your faith, I'm reading back from James 1, 2 through 4, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. What does that speak to me about? The process of perseverance. What's the process of perseverance? The testing of our faith. The testing of our faith is the process of perseverance. That's that endurance part that I was mentioning to you a moment ago. You see, there, there, there comes a moment that our faith is tested. See, the Bible says that, that everything that comes from God will be tested. So that it's proven that it comes from Him. So if you have a faith that has never been proven or has never been tested, let me tell you something, it's weak faith. But what God wants to do is that He wants to make sure that we are standing on solid ground. So our, our faith is tested. And, and the greatest example of this for me in the New Testament, other than Christ, is the Apostle Paul. When you look at the life of the Apostle Paul, it was a life that constantly his faith was being tested and that he was persevering. He was persevering, you know. It was a constant process of perseverance. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8-9, through 9, it says, this is him writing, this is the Apostle Paul, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. So you see, he starts talking about all these situations that he's going through. He's being pressed by troubles. He's perplexed. He's being hunted. He's being knocked down. But, but he says, you know what? These things are not crushing me. These things are not making me despair. These guys, I, I understand that I'm not abandoned by God and I'm not destroyed. 
What an amazing way of living, even in the process of perseverance. And then, number three, it says here, going back to James 1, verse 4, it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. And this talks about the results of perseverance. And this is the last point that I'm going to stay in in this message today. The result of persevering. What's the result of perseverance? A faith completely developed. A faith that is completely developed. You see, before it was the testing of your faith. But here it talks about a faith that is not only tested, but is completely developed. And if you go right there to 2 Corinthians 4, and you move a little bit forward to verse 16 through 18. The Apostle Paul just talked to us about, you know, all these things that he was going through. And then in verse 16, he says this. That is why we never give up. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. And won't last very long. And you're like, Pastor, this is no small thing. This coronavirus is no small thing. Or maybe you're like, Pastor, what do you mean it won't last long? This thing has been forever. This seems like an eternity. No, according to the Bible, it says for our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory. You could underline that word there in your Bible or highlight it if you have it electronically. They produce for us a glory that it vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The glory that you and I receive from this outweighs the troubles that we go through. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. They will last forever. You see, when we look into this, we talk about what's the end result of our perseverance. What's the finished work of our perseverance because James 1 4 said let perseverance finish its work what's the finished work well according to Paul the finished work of perseverance is glory it's glory that is the desired outcome you see if you guys know me a little bit you guys know that I love sports Ever since I was a little kid, I would watch baseball with my grandfather and my dad. And then I moved to watching football and basketball and I played sport. And every team, every year when they start a season, what's their goal? Well, their goal is to do what? To win the championship. Every team that steps out on the field or steps out on the court, what do they want to do? They want to, fit, they want to win the championship. And that is why they will go through the difficulties of conditioning. That is why they'll go through the rigors of practice, of traveling, of abstaining from certain foods to be in the best position possible to win that championship. 
That championship is the finished work of their perseverance. And then you see them, see them at the end. You see, all these days, since there hasn't been any NBA, they've been putting some of the old games, and I've been watching some of the old Chicago Bulls games and some of the old Miami Heat games back in, in uh, 2013 and 2012 when they won the championship, and you see them celebrating with the champagne and throwing it over their heads and jumping around and crying. Why are they doing that? Because that's the finished work of their perseverance. Well... Let me tell you something. In order for you and I to be able to persevere, we have to have a clear goal in mind. We got to know where is it that we're going. We need to know what our target is. If we don't have a target, we won't be able to persevere. We won't be able, right, to run with endurance if we don't know what our, what our goal is. And according to the author of Hebrews, if we go back to that scripture at the beginning of this teaching, Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3, it says that the target for the Christian is who? Is Jesus. It says that we gaze our eyes, we put our eyes on who? On Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who's our target? Is Jesus. Who do we want to be like? Is Jesus. Who's our championship? Jesus is our championship. He's our champion and he's our championship. Now, I told you at the beginning of this message today that we were starting to celebrate Holy Week, Passion Week, whatever you want to call it. Like I said, today is Palm Sunday, you know, and if we're going to persevere like Jesus did, especially in that final week of His life, if we're going to persevere, we're going to ask ourselves, what was His target? What was His focus to be able to run with perseverance? Well, in the Scripture that we read in verse 2 of Hebrews 12, it tells us that for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. There was a joy that was His target. There was a joy that was His goal. And that's why He endured the cross. And it says here, scorning is shame. And He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. A lot of times we've said that the joy that was waiting for Jesus was sitting at the right hand of God. And we said that's why he endured the cross and that's why he endured everything that he did is that he wanted to be sat down at the right hand of God. But I think that that falls short because he already had that in eternity past. In eternity past, he was already sitting at the right hand of God. He had all the worship of all the angels in heaven. All creation was made through Him and for Him. He already had that. So there has to be something more that was His goal and His target. It wasn't just, you know what, sitting at the right hand of God. There, was, there has to be another thing that was going to bring Him joy in order to persevere here in this life. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, we find it in Hebrews 2, verse 9 through 11. And we close with this this morning. Listen to the scripture. It says, What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. What was that position here when he was made human? And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory 
and honor. So that so far is what we just read in Hebrews 12. The same thing. He suffered the death. Now he's crowned with glory and honor. Now pay attention to this other part of the scripture. It says, yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God from whom and through whom everything was made, listen to this, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now, pay attention, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. Wow. I don't know if you caught this. I don't know if you caught this. Okay. But Jesus's focus or target and mind for which he persevered till the end with his own life was not only to sit at the right hand of God. He already had that. But it was to sit at the right hand of God together with you and me as his brothers and his sisters, calling his father now our father. In other words, the Bible says that he brought many sons into glory. That was his target. Not only to return to the right hand of God, but to return to the right hand of God with you and me. He preferred, listen to this, having to come here to earth and having to persevere, enduring the cross, and having to die, he preferred doing all that to get you and me to heaven than having it by himself. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that an amazing God? Don't you want to be like Jesus? Don't you want him to be that championship and that goal and that target for whom you are persevering here in this life? So whether right now you're persevering without a job or right now you are persevering with the virus, let me tell you something. We are going after Jesus with all our hearts. I want to ask you, to bow your heads right there where you're at. I really believe the Holy Spirit is moving right now. If there has been an encouraging word for me in this season, it has been this word that I've shared with you today. Jesus preferred persevering and going through all these things to have me with him, having me call his father, our father, bringing us into relationship with him. There with your eyes closed. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what is he speaking to you today? Tell him, Holy Spirit, what are you telling me today through this message? And right there where you're at with your eyes closed, I want to take this moment and I want to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for each person that is watching this transmission right now. I pray, Lord, wherever they might find themselves in this situation, Wherever they might find themselves in this very moment, I declare that you're touching their hearts. You're touching their lives. My God, I pray that you're showing us as a church to persevere in the midst of crisis, to persevere in the midst of trials and in the midst of tribulation, that we could fix our eyes on Jesus, who's our champion. 
and our championship. Lord, I thank you for him. And right now I pray for all those people that might be infected with the virus that are watching us. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare the healing power of Jesus operating even right now through these airways and technology touching their lives right now, Lord God. I release, Father, the healing power of Jesus over them. I pray for all those, Lord, that have lost their jobs, that, that they don't have an economy right now. I pray for them, Lord, that supernaturally you would provide for them right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord, that even in the midst of all these things, Lord, we are more than victors through Christ. And right there with your eyes closed and head bowed, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. He lived the perfect life. He died on that cross and he resurrected. So that doesn't matter how many sins you've committed, he could forgive you and give you eternal life. So today, as we start Passion Week, as we start Holy Week, if you want to make that decision, there, I want you to make this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I ask you forgiveness for all my sins. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior today. I thank you that you gave your life for me. And now I pray, Jesus, that you take me by the hand into the arms of my heavenly Father, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I may live the life that you have for me. Jesus, give me the strength to persevere in these times. I pray all this in your precious name. Amen and amen.